Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Hello fellow listeners and uh, welcome back to another episode of the Stephen and Arjun Football Podcast. Joining me today is my co-host Stephen who has been MIA for two episodes. Uh, in his absence, uh, we recorded some interesting topics with our long-time guest Uday. Uh, we talked about FPL and then in the last podcast we talked about top four predictions and the Champions League matches. So Stephen, welcome back. How do you feel being away for two episodes? Uh, yeah, I apologize for being away for so long. I've <laughs> uh, been busy with work, you know. But um, yeah, I, I'm in good spirits recently after Liverpool uh, won the Carabao Cup. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's what we are here to talk about today. So starting off with right off the bat with the Carabao Cup, uh, once again, congratulations to Liverpool for winning the Carabao Cup, beating Chelsea 11-10 on penalties. Uh, and of course, there's a big talking point uh, during the Carabao Cup uh, that the Chelsea manager Tuchel took a big gamble, taking off, taking off Edouard Mendy, who was brilliant throughout the match, probably would have won man of the match if he was stayed on and Chelsea won the cup. But Tuchel took him off and put on Kepa Arizabalaga, who had a very good penalty save record. But unfortunately uh, for him, and fortunately for Liverpool, he did not manage to save a single penalty. And he himself missed the 11th penalty, gifting Liverpool the cup. So, what are your thoughts on it? First off, how do you think Liverpool played? And of course, on the gamble um, of Tuchel. I think, um, okay, one thing, uh, credit where credit is due, I, I feel that Chelsea was very solid in the back, in the back with Mandy. Silva and, and Rudiger. And and I think uh that night I watched the first half and I also watched a bit of the extra time um throughout the highlights. Uh I feel Chelsea is very uh strong in the final third in, in the sense that uh only if you see the first half, there's only Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, and Kai Havertz. And just three attacking midfielder can cause like a lot of uh, uh, big chances for them um, in the final third. They just lack a bit of, you know, finishing qualities, you know, a bit of like the the, 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 the striker finishing skills, you know, to finish all the chances. Because if not, they have a lot of chances throughout the game. And partly the reason why they have so many chances is also because Liverpool love to play a high line. And with their high line, they try to catch them offside and then Sometimes they feel to do so, and then nowadays we know that uh, the linesmen do not raise out their flag immediately. So, you know, you get to see the chance play out. So, you don't know whether it's it onside or offside, you know, until you see whether the goal is scored or not. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of hearts in mouth moment, you know, when, when you watch the game, especially when Liverpool play recently. Uh, I had to say, you know, the, the, the back four managed to, managed to hold a good line. But then again, there will be times when there will be players that will manage to get through your 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 offside trap, you know. So so that's that's somewhere where Liverpool had to be careful 
careful at lah. And which is what recently I feel, um, in recent games I feel that opposition team has been trying to get, uh, catch Liverpool off guard by you know, uh, sending long balls into Liverpool's defensive area, and then put their pacey forward against Virgil Van Dijk or Joao Matip. But fortunately, they have been managed to cope so far. Yeah. So um, that that's my that's my thoughts about the game. You know. Um, yeah, how we do not have the, a How about the penalty incident yeah. itself? Uh, penalty, uh, you mean the yeah. Kepa one? Yes, the Kepa incident. <laughs> what, uh, what are your thoughts on Crucial's decision? Uh, do you think... I mean, of course, now, having seen it play out, it's easy to say that yeah. you made the wrong call, but at the moment, do you think it would, uh, if you were the Chelsea manager, you would have made the same call? Okay, if uh, okay, being a Liverpool fan, seeing that the opposition manager ha- is serving on a goalkeeper on the hundred eighty-fifth minute, I would, I would feel a bit of uh, how to say, I would doubt myself a bit and I doubt doubt, doubt the, the uh, Liverpool's ability a bit, and then also like eh, questioning, uh, has Chelsea prepared for this? Were they expecting that we we're going to go for a penalty shootout, and then, and then hence. Uh, I would expect Kepa to be uh, much, much, much more prepared and uh, about, you know, uh, where our players are going to place their penalty, you see. Because it means they have uh, prepared for this penalty shootout uh, happening. But then yeah. again, mm. uh, you, uh, see, you see yeah, uh, in the match, you know, Kepa failed to, failed to save any one of the penalties, you <laughs> see. Yeah, and if... Okay, so that's from the Liverpool's fan point of view. If I'm yeah. a Chelsea manager mm-hmm. and you know we, we plan this you know, beforehand, but seeing Mandy making save or just save, I think he was like what I would say, he was a man of the match over the normal time, you see. And if Chelsea had won, he would have been a man of the match, I feel, instead of Vodou and Dyke. Um and him being conformed on that day, I would have changed my decision and and, and give it to Mandy. Partly also because I feel I feel during when you're playing against uh when you're playing a penalty shootout, it's better to have a goalkeeper that has a a, a, a longer reach, longer arms, longer legs. So in that sense, I understand if um uh, like like for example Louis Van Hal, he start off Jasper Silesen for Team Crow. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 because he's, he has a longer reach, you know? Yeah. Imagine you are in a penalty shootout and you you face uh Kepa against uh you, would you rather face Kepa or would you rather face uh Thibaut Courtois? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so Courtois is like a man mountain, you see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so th- that's my point also. Uh okay, even if at the end of the day it played out, you know, Chelsea need to win, but I still wouldn't have made a decision to sub on Kepa at the at the you know in the last minute or the extra time. Yeah, very fair point, and I think as a neutral, I completely agree as well. Um, I mean, few points to note. One is what you mentioned that Mendy has been in outstanding form uh, throughout the match, and he just uh, won the cup of African Cup of Nations by saving penalty in a penalty shootout as well, and. So I would have stuck with him. 
throughout uh, through the penalty shootout, I would have placed my trust in him. But another point to note, the interesting thing that I read as well was that because uh, usually in a penalty shootout, the pressure is on the attackers because attackers are uh, expected to score. But when you submit a goalkeeper specifically for the penalty shootout, the pressure is on that particular goalkeeper because everyone assumes that you know the goalkeeper's sole purpose there is to save penalties. And so there is tremendous amount of pressure on the goalkeeper. Uh, and I think that ultimately backfired as well for Chelsea, but due to that reason. So yeah, yeah. and and you also said that uh, Kepa's penalty record is good, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, it we you know you also did mention about Mandy's penalty record. It's not to say that Mandy's penalty record has been very very poor, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a yeah. It, it's just that they, I mean, they they wanted to be a bit greedy, I guess, <laughs> or you know. Just wanted to stick to a big yeah. plan, uh, but yeah, they just want to show off, lah. Yeah, and also like I don't know whether you watched the penalty shootout, um, and uh, I don't know whether you saw Kepa's antic throughout the throughout yeah. the shootout. It was <laughs> I, like I really, I really like watching my next penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that he purposely stand to the left hand side for some and, reason? And he, and shot to that side. Yeah, it, it was really good, really good penalty. And and uh, it was I I feel it was so dumb like. Okay, I know you're trying to play man, uh, like trying to play mind games, but what if Van Dyke really shoot to the right hand side? You can't yeah. even reach there. Yeah. You can't even reach there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. also I feel he's he's a bit too cocky for his own good. Hmm. I, I guess yeah. maybe maybe in a sense it was the pressure as well. So he felt like he had to do something, put on a show. He had with the limited yeah. time he had. So yeah. yeah, and then he was time wasting, pulling out his socks, you know, trying yeah. to intimidate the opposition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, we talked, we spoke about Liverpool's Carabao Cup win, and with this one trophy in the bag, uh, for Liverpool this season. Um. And of course, naturally, fans have started to talk about Liverpool's quadruple chances this season, and Jurgen Klopp was quick to dismiss, uh, quadruple chances. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the interview. Yeah, he, yeah. He said that. Uh, I mean, it's true. Nobody has done the quadruple in England, and it is because it's so so hard. Uh, the fixture list is very packed, and you can't expect your best eleven to play their best at every single match in every single competition throughout the season. So it's really hard. Um, even winning the treble would be a major accomplishment. So, yes. out of the remaining competitions, which do you think Liverpool have a good chance of winning, and which they should prioritize? And uh, I mean, talking about the quadruple chances as well, do you, do you believe it's too hard or do you think it's within reach? I would, I would want Liverpool to win another Premier League. Okay. And to, just to equal the 20 factors <laughs> one. I knew you were going to say that. And, you know, looking at the features list, if you see, if we manage to win all our remaining games, yeah, I know. I know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a tall order, and it, and it's almost impossible to happen. Yeah, but if we win all our remaining games, and City, I, I, and City win all the remaining games except the one against Liverpool. Yeah, we will be champions. Yeah, yeah. So 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 I would say the the fate is in our hands, or you know the yeah. the title destiny is in our hands. You know, is 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 beyond our control. So. We'll see how we perform. So that's my 
that's my, I would say out of the, 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 the remaining three competitions, that's my priority, like, I feel. Yep, and yeah, regarding the quadruple chances, um, you know, I told you earlier, <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect this to come out. I was just focusing on, hey, oh, 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 oh man, we, we have won another trophy, you know, because <laughs> throughout my, 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 my time as a Liverpool fan, trophy, uh, winning trophies is not something that happens so frequently. <laughs> only recently, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, only recently after Jürgen Klopp took over and it's not like after Jürgen Klopp took over then we, we start winning trophies. You know, we had to wait for three years. Yeah. It's only when, uh, since we won a Champions League in 2019, then trophies have to come in uh, more regularly, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm still, uh, I would say, basking in the you know, joy of Winning the Carnival Cup, even though it's a it's a small league cup, but it's still a, a trophy for us. And yeah, then suddenly I see the news, and there's you know, talks about this, you know, quadruple. Can we win the four cups? Like 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 like, I really did not think about that. And then just just slow down, and I feel that this is sometimes it is uh, unnecessary, whether intentional or unintentional pressure to put on Liverpool, you know. Um. Regarding uh talks of uh, of of winning four trophies in a, in one season uh. and that, but then again the same happened to to City as well last season uh, two mm-hmm. seasons ago when they won a car when they won a Carabao Cup and people talk about hey hold on a minute they are still in the Champions League they are still in the title race they are still in the FA Cup maybe they can win all four trophies <laughs> I I feel it's too early to to talk about that and then I feel that Klopp is right to dismiss it because if 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 he, he were to admit it in a press conference it would you have added more unnecessary pressure on his players, you see. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it. Yeah, very um, interesting take on it. Uh, I mean, kind of expected, yeah. Um, it is a very tall order to win the quadruple. Uh, I mean, of course, every local fan would want to win the quadruple, but realistically, uh, it probably would not happen. And yeah, I think, um, I, I felt like, a lot of Liverpool fans would prioritize the Premier League as well. Whereas I think Man City fans will prioritize the Champions League because that is what they are missing. So if it does go that way, I think both clubs will be happy with the season they have had. Um, Especially if, say, Man City pick up the FA Cup as well. I think Liverpool and Man City will have two trophies each and it will be a reasonably successful season for both. Um, I had another question for you before we move on to our last topic. if, since Liverpool have just signed Luis Diaz, uh, I think we haven't spoken about Luis Diaz. New signing has adapted very well to the Liverpool team, uh, linking up well with the likes of Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. Uh, so now it seems that Liverpool have five good attackers to choose from. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz. Not to mention Takumi Minamino and Divo Origi who's oh, on the fridges. Oh, oh, oh. So, I think you know where I'm going with this. So, who's your first choice country at this moment in time? Oh, okay. Currently, yeah. And sorry, before that, maybe uh, you want to give our listeners a brief intro to Luis Diaz for those of them who don't know him. A what? Sorry? A what? A, a brief introduction to Luis Diaz. Okay. Um, Luis Diaz is a, a left left winger. Um, he is twenty five years old this year. Uh, he was originally from Porto, 
initially Liverpool wanted to sign him in the summer, not now. But then there were news that uh, Tottenham is close to signing him. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, Liverpool being Liverpool, they uh, did not want Tottenham to have him. So they went in, they negotiated a, a swift deal. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, we signed Luis Diaz. Seriously, it's out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So we signed him for 37 million. I think with add-ons as well. Um, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, yeah. As a Liverpool fan, I feel excited that he's joining us. Like, finally, we have we have a backup for, for Mino. We have a backup. Now, finally, we have a backup for, for, for Mane. And yeah, he made his debut against Cardiff in the FA Cup. He was brilliant. Like, um, he was swift, he was fast, and he is still fast. Um, he, can, he can dribble, and he can score as well, as you can see in the last Premier League match against, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Norwich. Yeah. So, uh, of course, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are there are still um, uh, other aspects of, of our game that he can uh, improve on. Uh, for example, uh, running onto long balls that uh, Gojo Bendai or Martin uh, like to play. Um, yeah, so maybe his anticipation of the long balls coming from the back uh, is not there yet. But I think, I think with more training, this will help because probably back then in Porto, he doesn't uh, have much of a long ball play you know, to, chase upon, uh, to chase onto. So yeah, uh, he is very, a very exciting player. Uh, as you can see in the Carabao Cup final, I think he he gave uh Trevor Chaloba nightmares when literally nightmares. Like he couldn't even cope with him. Like um, his trickery, you know, he's a bit like Sadio Mane, and 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 I feel Jurgen Klopp found a uh uh I won't say perfect. But a light for light replacement. Light for light meaning you say, uh, whatever money, uh, similar style, whatever you've seen from money, he can do the similar things. You see, mm-hmm. yeah. So 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 exciting times for Liverpool. So um uh, yeah, that's the brief introduction. So my let let, let me go by the process of elimination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let, let me eliminate Origi first. <laughs> uh, then the next one will be, will be Minamino. <laughs> yeah. So now I have five left. No, it's so right, really hard, right? <laughs> no, 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 not yet, not yet. It's not hard yet. Oh, because okay. on the right wing, it will be, be Mo Salah. For sure. Yes. And that's the game where it gets very hard. <laughs> Uh currently, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if all fit. Yeah. In the center forward position will be uh, Diogo Jota. Okay. Yeah. And in the left wing will be Sadio Mane. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um I mean like I mean like for now, uh, you yeah. know, Diaz is just going for a month or two, you know. I still haven't you know, he, he's still not at the level of Sadio Mane yet. Uh. Uh no no Roberto Firmino for you. Ah <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh interesting. So I feel uh, yeah yeah I feel I feel I feel I feel Jota is more 
his overall package is good. Okay. He may he may not be as skillful as Firmino, you know, the Brazilian flair, but then again, his final third finishing is better than he's more of a striker compared to Firmino. Yeah, that's fair. I see. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> that was a bit surprising because uh, I didn't expect you to know uh, Robert Firmino. So you were expecting me to name the same front, front three? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> okay. But okay, yeah, that, that's fair. I think Diogo Jota has been playing really, really well and providing something that Liverpool did not get from Firmino. Like a different kind yes. of center forward, like what you mentioned. Um, and he has also been able to bring the best out of Mo Salah and uh, Sadio Mane as well. Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel they can they can complement each other well and yeah. Okay. Um. So then we spoke about Liverpool and their potential quadruple chances, and it would be complete. We are talking about the other side of Merseyside, who is not doing too well, relegation threatened, and. That is none other than Everton. Uh, it's been quite weird, in a sense, to see Everton's downfall. Um, they do have a pretty good squad, so it is a bit odd to see them in this position, uh, threatened with relegation. So, what 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 are your thoughts on Everton's downfall? Do you think <laughs> Rafa Benitez uh, wasn't good enough, or you think the board didn't back him enough? What what do you think went wrong at Everton? Um, I think the problem at Everton was I feel it's just bad management altogether, lah. You know, I feel I feel I feel they they are employing, uh, um, how, how should I put it? Uh, uh, less less and less experienced manager from from you know, you know you usually you you usually go from strength to strength, you know. Yeah. But whereas you see, you see their, your, your manager history. They go from Ancelotti <laughs> to Benitez to Frank Lampard. You know? So, yeah. so I, I feel it's, it's bad management from the top, you see? Because mm-hmm. if you don't back the manager, you know, they will leave and stuff like that. And I feel uh, Rafa Rafa is a good manager. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel that he, I don't think that he is uh, he will he will uh, I don't think he's somebody who is that bad that can you know lead Everton into into a into being relegated lah. Okay. Yeah, and certainly not Carlo Ancelotti, you know. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yeah. So he's a Champions League winning manager. Yeah. So, so he would have kept uh, Everton, you know, uh, pro- uh, probably a mid table. So what is their problem? Probably, probably just bad management and probably being unlucky with their their, their injuries because what I understand from from them is that. Um, Dominic covered Lewin. Their first first striker has been injured for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. But if other than if everyone is fit, they have they have quite a strong first eleven. You see. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I would say they were quite unlucky like, over the weekend when we watched the game against City. Yeah, they they showed a lot of fight and they should have gone home with a point. Yeah. Yep, that's fair. So, do you think they would go down, or do you back Frank Lampard to turn it around? In an ideal situation, 
I will want them to go down. <laughs> of course. Uh, so that, so that, so that, no, 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 like, 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 okay, like, yeah, you know, you know, rivals, and then you want them to go down, and then, like, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I was, I was hoping you can sign players like, you know, Anthony Gordon. I don't know whether you see him play before. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, he's pretty good, right? Yeah. Yes. So hopefully they go to the championship, and then, you know, we, we manage to get Anthony Gordon from there. <laughs> uh, because why I ask is because Everton's remaining. Fixtures are not that easy as well. Uh, they face Spurs, Wolves. They still have the likes of West Ham, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, oh, Arsenal. Yeah. They have a lot of tough matches coming up. So it's looking quite tough for Frank Lampard to keep them up. Yeah. But but I feel that the style of play of Frank uh, is probably more attractive and more expensive compared to the one played by uh directed by Benitez. Yeah, yep. so 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 but but Benitez is deliver result. That's, that's the main thing. He's like a Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yeah. So, so we shall see how 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 it goes. Uh. Okay, and yeah, uh yeah, you mentioned Everton's penalty incident against Man City as well. Uh that's what we were gonna talk about next. Um where Man City won one nil in the Premier League match and the referee apologized the head of the referee's association Mike Riley apologized to Everton uh, for the referee's error in not awarding a penalty to Everton uh, how big of an impact do you think this has in the title race uh, especially to Liverpool given that it is pretty close at the summit it's, it's, it is very big. It was a very big impact. I mean, like, it's, it's, it, it was a huge game such that I, I even watched the game, you see. Uh, yeah. Everton against City, you know. And and saying sorry doesn't take two points away from City. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, is, it is surprising to me that uh, after so many seasons, they have not found a way to fix these mistakes after the game. Like, okay, you made the mistake. Uh, and then you realize it was a mistake. Like what you mentioned, saying sorry doesn't fix it. Uh, there has to be another way to fix it. I mean, I'm not saying I have the answer, but there has to be a better way to fix it. Rather than just saying sorry. Probably probably introducing a panel of VAR. I don't know. Uh, instead of just one one referee. Yeah, probably. Uh, any uh, I, don't know, I don't know what in was the age yeah. of VAR. We are still getting <laughs> such obvious yeah. decisions wrong. You get to review the incident. It's quite ridiculous. It's quite ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. Like uh, it was a clear. It's, it it was obviously a clear and obvious error yeah. by the on-field referee. Yeah. So VAR should and can intervene. Yes. You cannot say that. Oh, sorry. I think the referee did not make a clear and obvious error, so I can let uh uh you know a lot of it to go on. It's a Obvious error. It was, uh, yeah. yeah. So just more then, information then, to add to this incident. Um, is yeah, that, so I don't know whether you read about it, but the rule they referenced was that it hit the player's sleeve and not Yes, the I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and which is why a penalty was not awarded. Um, if this is true, I think this brings more room for uh, players to exploit the rule. What stops players from wearing a slightly longer sleeve and handballing it on Wearing longer sleeve, yes. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, maybe it's time to revisit the rules as well, you know. Uh, it, and I have, I have another question. 
yeah. I did not I did not know that um um uh, ball on those sleeve is not handball. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See these these are kind of uh, very weird rules that we just find out through this sort of incidents. Um I, I, I don't know. Um there was one of the matches recently where uh it was a Premier League match, I forgot against who. Uh the goalkeeper was off and a player was caught offside even though there was a defender ahead of him. Because the rule actually mm. states that two opposing players have to be ahead of you, not just one. Mm. So that, that was another rule that honestly I did not know about. I always thought it was just one player and I didn't even uh, think about the goalkeeper. So, you know, we, we learn this kind of rules only through odd, peculiar incidents like this. But I, I, I'm, I'm quite sure that this, this, this rule is, 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 uh, is, is false, like it's wrong. Like I don't think, I think they just made up something to, to cover, try to cover what, what the mistake they have made. Yeah, highly possible. Uh, yeah, because this, this yeah. came after the game. Yeah. Then I feel that they were attempting to cover up, but then it got so, so big so, so quickly that they had to apologize for it, I feel. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, any last thoughts on any of the topics? Um, yeah, the, the 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 referee has to has to buck up. I feel the refereeing standard has been quite poor. Mm-hmm. Um um not only City, I feel Liverpool has been getting a few uh uh advantageous decisions recently as well. Yeah. So so if City won the won the titles fair and square, then you know. Fair play, you know, but if, yeah, you know they they win it, and then if if eventually Liverpool lose out on the title by one point, <laughs> and then yeah. we look back at this, at this incident where Rodri, you can see that he was moving his arm or his sleeve towards the ball, mm-hmm. even though it's bouncing from the floor. You know, it is still handball, handball yeah. is still handball. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So so yeah, it's disappointing, but hopefully things can. Get better soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think we all hope that the <laughs> standard in the Premier League increases. Um, that's what we hope would happen after VAR, but it seems like it's not improved. In fact, we can even argue that it has gone downhill. Um, so yeah, I think that's all we have for this episode. Uh, thank you, fellow listeners, for tuning in once again to our uh, episode of the Stephen and Arjun Football Podcast. We will be back soon with another episode discussing latest football topics. Thank you.